Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Sound Stories, an inspirational podcast for creative professionals and storytellers who want to improve their lives at home and at work. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli, your host and co-founder of Voices.com. Today in studio, I have with me Melissa McInerney. Melissa is the CEO and the creative director of TBK Creative. Welcome, Melissa. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to see your hair. <laughs> no, no, those of you, I know this is an audio medium. You cannot see it, but she has the most beautiful ringlets. I don't know how you do this. And they're maybe, I don't know if they're even called ringlets, but you are one of those people who just has the greatest hair ever. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's from my father's side of the family, who's now, my father's now bald. So it's kind of odd. <laughs> It's it's from my dad, uh, but thank you. And I strategically wear it curly all the time. For anyone that has curly hair, please keep your hair curly because it's beautiful, uh, and it's a it's a statement, especially in the creative industry. No kidding. Yeah. Well, there was that movie we were talking about. It was a uh, Disney I think Brave. Disney Brave. Mm-hmm. I was very excited when that came out. Um, there's a very funny story behind that particular animated. Uh, movie. So my background is some fine arts um, and we're going back to high school, which isn't really fine art. But nonetheless, in high school, I was uh, in art class and I knew a lot of amazing, talented people that have gone on to work for studios, um, such as the studio that produced Brave. And one of my friends um, was living overseas and he messaged me and he was uh, he was like, can you send me a photo of your hair back in the day? And I'm going, well, that, that's a really weird question. <laughs> and and he goes, well, I'm working on this uh, this film. I can't tell you what it is. But I remember, like, I'm, I'm using you as inspiration for the movement of this hair. And this hair ended up, uh, uh, her hair ended up becoming, like, a character in and of itself. And it costs a lot of money for the studio to produce oh because it took so much time. Wow. So this is Merida's hair. Merida's right? hair. For everyone who Merida's saw hair. Brave, you remember that glorious, just red beautiful Main, hair yeah beautiful beautiful hair yeah so oh my goodness so that's your hair <laughs> was the inspiration for well, Merida for one of the designers who she she had already been sketched at that point like oh, character development had probably already whoop, happened but um yeah actually so I one of the animators was thinking about the way that my hair used to move in high school so, so that's kind of exciting wow this is a first for our podcast I must say <laughs> that we have someone who had impacted a Disney film so directly thank you <laughs> this is but anyway, I, I know that we're here to talk about story, which is very, yes. very important to you. Uh, it's something that your company specializes in. You help brands to unify what they're saying, whether it be kind of what they're saying out loud to people yep. in kind of the real world, but then also how they communicate that through the digital medium. Which can be very challenging. When we, if, if we were to think of the story of Brave, of Merida, we have that visual reference. We remember the movie. Um, in a digital sense, in a, in a website, um, it's a lot harder to take that story and make it come to life, specifically now that we don't use flash technologies. I know people probably remember those really fancy website years ago that were flash-based, that had a sound and audio, and you could click into, it was almost like mini games people used to create online. We're going back five or seven years, and that technology is no longer relevant. So now we have to find other ways of pulling people in. So online is such a challenging medium. When we think of storytelling, we think of picking up a book, sitting down, hopefully with a tea in your hand, and you're just chatting about oh, this. Oh, so good. Yeah, and just getting right into that story. Well, that's not how website users interact. The web. In fact, if you think about 
um, being online. You're you're online. You are trying to get your information as quickly as possible. The average website user is only reading 20% of the words on a page, and that's that's for kind of B2B groups or B2C groups. Um, blogs and news are a little bit different, of course. But you know, if you're selling your wares online, if you're selling what you do, if you're selling that product that you uh, pour your heart into the average person's only going to read 20% of your content. So now you're even more hindered with, I want to tell a great story. I want people to be engaged in what I do. What I do is so exciting. And the majority of people aren't going to read my content. So now what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, as, as someone who has written content for the web, that makes me so sad. It makes yeah. me want to not cry on the inside, but you know what I mean. And I think as humans, we have very short attention spans. Yes. I mean, second only or just a little bit better than a goldfish's, if I can recall properly, <laughs> about eight, nine seconds. So, yeah. oh my gosh. Okay. So how is it that we can make those messages count? Yeah. And um, it, to talk to the medium itself, why it's important to make sure that your message comes uh, across online. And, and, and I like to tell TBK clients this or, or anybody that I get the chance to talk to, I'm a big advocate for great websites because that website is the hub of who you are. When, if, if you're around with, if you're sitting with your family and you've watched this TV commercial and you're going, who is that company? Where's your answer? Google on your website. So people are using your website to make very serious buying decisions about who you are, um, whether you're trustworthy to work with, um, whether you can solve their problem, whatever that that problem is. Um, and your website is, you know, in a lot of cases, not all cases, but in a lot of cases, more important than, than your product design that sits on a shelf, more important than, uh, than the stores that you might be paying, you know, a lot of money for, for storefront space. Your website is who you are. That's what I like to think about web. Um, so ensuring that communicating effectively who you are online is critical and paramount to, the, to, to your success. You don't want people going to your website, leaving and saying, I don't know what that person does. I'm not sure how they can help me. And, and, you know, and that's, when, that's when you've lost uh, a great potential opportunity, be it um, a potential sale, an investor, or uh, a strategic relationship of some kind, uh, a, an amazing staff member that you've been trying to hire for three years. There's, there's, there's all these different facets in the way that, that your business plays, a, uh, the, that your website plays a pretty big role in your business. So yes, and you don't just want the website. So, so you created this amazing business in terms of what you do. Um, maybe you're selling a service that that you're fantastic with. Maybe you're selling a product that you've just created, which is amazing for the marketplace. And then the user goes to the website and they see, we are X, we do this. And now you put yourself in the bucket of every other group that does the same thing as you, which isn't a great place to stand from a branding perspective. So storytelling, storytelling is such an amazing opportunity to bring people into your world, bring people into your universe, bring people into what matters to you while at the same time engaging them and answering the questions that they naturally have while being on your website. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a lot more challenging, especially when only 20% of your content's being read. But um, one of the things that you can consider um, to be an effective storyteller online is to um, start relating to your storytelling as existing in headlines. So, you know, when you land on a website, we call it the hero banner or that hero shot, that, that kind of, that first moment on the main page um, that captures your eye. What are you going to tell people if you, if you could only get people to read one or two sentences about who you are, 
How do you distill that into one or two sentences to capture them in, to get them to scroll down, to get them to engage with you? And it's, it's kind of thinking of your content in this triangle hierarchy. Um, and and that's, that's kind of one way to think about it. And then um, secondarily, start using language that people are unfamiliar with intentionally. I'll, I'll tell the story of working with this um, one group. And no matter what business you're in, every business can be sexy and beautiful online. Whether you're selling chemicals or brokerage services or I'm thinking of all accounting. of these. Accounting. <laughs> okay. Sorry to anyone out yes. there. Who, you know, <laughs> we, we love you all. We love you. But anything, as you say, can be made exciting yes. if you use the right words. That's, that's exactly it. And you want to keep your audience in mind, of course. But... Um, one of my jobs as creative director is to go into groups and and I, I'm often uh, surprised with, oh my goodness, there's a whole industry that 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 exists around this particular thing. And, and we worked with um, an amazing client and chem sales all around chemicals and the distribution of chemicals and how it uh, is needed in the manufacturing process and the agricultural process. And, and I'm learning all this fantastic stuff. Um, but a lot of times I go into groups and it's my job to understand who they are and I have groups fill out a creative brief that's, that's pretty unconventional. And I need to almost dive deeper um, into the meaning of who they are. So surface language. And I have this idea of when I sit with groups, typically I get surface answers and surface language. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how businesses have communicated for years. What's one of the reasons you should work with me? Well, I have great customer service. Well, Roger says that too, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it, and it's a subjective thing. It right? is. Like you don't really know, well. What is that? Yes. And, and it's this terminology that consumers have just, uh, just tuned out because everybody says that they do that. Everybody says the reason that you should work with me is we have great customer service. And if I had a dollar for every time I was told, the reason people work with me is I have great customer service. Now, there's truth in that. There's truth there, but how do we find it? And I feel like a lot of times I'm a gold digger into, okay, I'm, I, I've hit this spot called, they have great customer service. What about it is great? I, I, I feel like consumers, they just tune out into language that we've heard a million times. So we have to give examples of what makes someone fantastic customer service. And this particular company does the kind of service that is uh, sometimes emergency based. Sometimes you get phone calls at 3 a.m. in the morning or 5 a.m. in the morning. And nothing when you rely on somebody over the phone to help you in a crisis, there's nothing worse than picking up the phone, talking to someone saying, help, this is happening to me. And they go, oh, I'm not the right person. Let me transfer you to somebody else. And then you get transferred again. And then you get transferred again. And then you just want to quit. And now you want to hire a new, a new vendor. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And no one likes to tell their story over and over and over again when you think they should just know me by now. Why don't, like, I'm one of their customers. Yep. Honestly, like, how long have we been working together? Really? It, exactly. So there was, there, was, there was some golden opportunity here. But how did we find it? So I said, okay. That's what other groups do. What do you do? What do you do that's different? And they said, the person that picks up the phone to take that call is the person that hangs up that phone. They will loop in whoever they need to. They are your point of contact and they are your person. And you stick with that person. If that call takes 30 minutes, that call takes 30 minutes and that person's always there for you. And I thought, ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's something we can work with. So instead of the headline saying something like, we have superior customer service. We have great customer service. Your, you know, you can switch that into your first contact is always your last contact. Mm-hmm. And then you start talking about what it is that means to people. 
Or we're always there for you. That stood out to me too. Yes. We're here to help. Truth, truly, we're here to help. And what does that look like? So it's it's stepping outside of uh, typical marketing speak, like getting away from marketing speak. Consumers just don't like it. Um, it's kind of deadening and getting into what makes you you and if you have a little bit of a sassy tone that's okay you know if you have if if the heart of your company is to be to speak to people in a truthful and honest and frank and friendly way talk that way online you know bring that online versus marketing speak and 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 i think that so that's one of the things that in terms of storytelling is the tone in which in which you tell your story think about the way in which you know, you relate to people and what's, what is unique about your particular brand and what's the tone of your brand and bring that into those communications. Yeah. Everyone's got a voice, right? And it isn't just us speaking, like having a voice. It literally is, as you said, the tone of how you might write something, maybe how your, your social media is done, uh, the way that your FAQs on your website are designed or, or the, the voicemail or or how they're prompted to do something else. All of it needs to kind of speak the same language to be consistent in order to maintain the integrity of the intention and, and the reason for why you're, you're taking their call in the first place. That that's exactly it. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of website design, telling that story online very often, uh, is, the story is often conveyed in terms of headlines. So the headline introducing a paragraph, and it's, I know it can be sad that clients are not likely to read the majority of your content, but that's okay. Be okay with that because you might have eight headlines on a page and then a paragraph below each headline and seven out of eight paragraphs, somebody doesn't read, but the one is something that 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 particular person cares about. It could be the, the hours of operation. It could be um, a pain point that that another vendor didn't service them in some way. And they'll read that little paragraph and that's great. And then they go, oh, that, that fixes my problem. That's what I'm looking for. Click, I'm done. I want to reach out, fill out a form, pick up the phone, you know, or buy whatever it is, right? Or buy or go find out where your products are sold and I'll go buy them in person. Whatever that is, it's, it's okay that your content isn't going to be read, but focus on those headlines, make them really engaging because keep in mind those headlines are likely the only things that are going to be read on your website. Yeah, <laughs> that, absolutely. I'm just thinking where other short form copy comes yes. into play. So you're advertising through Google AdWords. Yep. Your campaigns are going to have tight, punchy little sentences. If you're doing any sort of anything really online, be it a, a maybe it's one of those videos that plays before yep. a YouTube video, a pre-roll yep. ad then you're going to have to find a way to make that first however many seconds it is before someone can skip it. Five seconds. <laughs> Five seconds. <laughs> enticing enough that you actually want to see the rest of that story play out, right? And that's what you mean by those headlines. Yes. It's something that just grabs the person, meets them where they are, helps them to understand what it is that you can do for them right now that meets a very pressing need. That That's exactly it. And so that that's kind of utilizing language and words to communicate your story. A lot more groups, and I think, a, a lot of people are utilizing this medium. I love uh, this medium video. I love video. When we think of video, we think of the traditional video, which is two, two and a half minutes where the CEO is talking about the company and the history of that company. And that's kind of boring. That's not, the, there's a new method of producing video, which is so exciting and lesser to produce in terms of cost, which is uh, wonderful. Um, So you can start to uh, pull people into your world, pull people into that company's story by utilizing video and it doesn't have to cost a fortune and it doesn't have to be something that takes a lot of production time. It can be um, 
simply a video with no audio where you're just kind of panning through maybe shots of your office or shots of your team working or shots of what you're doing or shots of your products. Um, because when people have to talk on video, that's really challenging to do. Most people, when I have to talk on video, my goodness, if you need a minute out of me, it'll take four hours and, you know, it's very hard to be in front of a camera and to also say the words correctly and then to be natural at the same time. And, well, that's why you hire models to to, to, to do that. You know, but if you don't have the budget for that, even just, you know, if if you, if you if your identity is part of the story, if, you know, let's say you start up a business, there's something unique about it. It came from a raw passion of yours. It came from a pain point that you had. You can do a video that doesn't have you talking on it, which shows you um, laboring at your craft or building um, your wear or working with clients, whatever it is you do, you know, grab a great video doing that, have it running in the background over, you know, and then we've got these headlines kind of running over top that are really poppy and engaging. And now you've pulled people in to what you do and why you do it typically cost effectively and, and affordably. So when, when people hear video, we're brought back to the days of large quotes from five years ago where video is very expensive and it's not that way anymore. So I, and even if video looks like capturing it on your phone, it's, you know, it's often better than nothing. So, you know, uh, if, if part of your brand identity is to be raw and authentic um, and truthful with the world. If that's part of where you're going, it's okay to have a handheld iPhone video captured and put online because that's you being authentic to truthful and real. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it, it's exactly what you said. It's very raw. It's natural. It's it's the tools that you have. Yep. It, it speaks to people in different ways. And maybe those videos that you're referring to could easily be posted on someone's Snapchat or on exactly. maybe, a, you know, a Periscope or, or yep. some other medium that they can get something short and snappy out, Instagram, whatnot. Uh, perfect venue for that sort of authentic, uh, hi, here we are today, yes. sort of, you know, reaching yep. out and touching someone. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the web is a challenging medium to be on, but lots of amazing successes to have there as well when it comes to storytelling. That's amazing. All of this has been wonderful. Well, I'm just curious, actually, Melissa, about a couple little things mm -hmm. uh, to do with storytelling on the web. And and obviously, we know it needs to be shorter, needs to be kind yes. of like get their attention, hopefully keep it, get them to do something. Um, but how do you reconcile when someone's messaging is different, like when they're, you know, on the phone or email templates, all of these sort of little places where content lives. How can you mm. make all of that kind of come together to, to really represent that brand in a consistent way? Is, is that something that you consult people on? Um, absolutely. Um, that is without a doubt a challenge. And I think one of the things that um, I think that matters, I think it's extremely important. It's important to put somebody in charge of your brand, somebody in charge of your tone, somebody in charge of um, how you communicate out in the world, be it on Facebook, on Twitter, on a, a digital advertisement, on YouTube, on your website, on a print campaign, on a, oh my goodness, on a brochure, you know, t and in traditional mediums, somebody's got to be responsible for that. When you're smaller and you get started, it's typically you when you start the company. And, you know, small businesses are such a unique um, type of business. Small business uh, are really, they're really good marketers. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I well, see- you have to be. How you, else are you going to eat, right? Yeah. Oh, you have to feed yourself. You have to feed your family. Um, you, you know, there's a lot riding on the line. But small businesses uh, tend to be really good marketers, um, I find, because 
that heart, that passion of who they are, because they touch every touch point is there. Whether you agree with it or not agree with it or think it's effective for your demographic, you know, small businesses do a very good job. When you get bigger and there's more hands, you know, there's more hands coming to the table, there's more cooks in the kitchen, it's harder to keep that brand tone there. One of the things you can do is create a guideline for your tone. I don't know if anyone on on this podcast knows MailChimp. Um, MailChimp is this really fantastic email subscription service, so you can send email newsletters out. Um, they have an online tone guide because they, they're so large that they work with lots of different vendors. They have an online tone guide and I read it and, and it just spoke to my heart. If you know anything about MailChimp, they're so quirky and there's, there's so much, I send, I, if I send an email, they say, hooray, or you rock, (laughs) or, you know, something again, out of the box, not typical marketing speak. They do something super exciting and cool. And that's their brand. Their, their brand is playful and fun and easy. And so their their tone is that, and they have this fantastic brand guideline. And it says, you know, one of the first kind of few lines of it is it gives a sense of kind of their tone and it says, um, we, are, we are not formal, we are accessible. We are not this, we are this. We are not this, we are this. And then the rest of their tone guide is written in their tone and it's a really good example. Like if, if you're looking, if you have messages running the gamut of different mediums, create a tone guide the MailChimp example is perfect to kind of model off it's a really good example one of the best I've seen to be honest and you can use that as a guideline and give that out to people and send that out to people and then make sure that there's one person or a team of people depending on how large you are responsible for ensuring that that tone is coming through in what you do so there's a brand guideline brand guidelines cover how do I use this logo what can I use it in reverse because I can I use it in black and white what kind of spacing do I have to have around it Oftentimes brand guidelines will touch on tone, but not go as deep as I think brands need to be. Brands need to be engaging in today's marketplace when there's, it's very easy to start up a business. So you could have more competitors than you used to 20, 25 years ago. So yeah, I would suggest creating a tone guide, which is different than your brand guideline, which will help people, help your vendors, help your staff, help yourself when you're at night and you know, or, or your team is, is stuck creatively on something which happens to everybody, you know, pull up that brand guide and just, it could just send some sparks flying. So I highly suggest creating a tone guide. No, I love that because tone is very important. And um, I know we've known each other a very long time. I think everyone can yep. tell that from uh, just our familiarity with each other. Um, but voices.com, when we started our company, it literally was just David and I, yep. and uh, the brand voice was me. You know, it was him proofreading it, but it was really me. And um, the team is now 100 people. And so I really, like, I can completely appreciate what you're saying about how the bigger you get, the the more your brand kind of has a different people involved in the process. And you do need to create formal guidelines as we have and and even, you know, have a color palette and you can only use these yes. ones on the <laughs> Pantone. And, and, you know, things do be, need to be taken out from your head in your mind and put into a shape that other people can then run with and feel confident that they're representing the brand voice in the best way possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it will make a really big difference. It, it for, for yourself, it probably gives you some ease of, you know, um, peace of mind. When you start a business, it's your baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's your baby and it matters that uh, that that the way that people see that company really, you know, is is taken in the way that you had originally intended. So yeah, I think that that's a fantastic, f- fantastic tool for, for businesses and for marketers. 
Awesome. No, that that's really great. I think we've touched on so much today. I just want to do a little bit of a recap if I can. So we talked about how we can make nice web-friendly content that speaks to our visitors and lets them know more about how we can serve them, how we can meet their needs and really hit on that pain, but in a very short, punchy sentence, yes. right? And we've also talked about just how important it is to unify how you come across to other people and to be consistent. Like if, if you're one of those companies that wants to be, as you put it, kind of more natural or edgy or low tech even, maybe that's your thing, then you will be using that smartphone to film your company video with. Absolutely. You won't be hiring a crew to, to make it look really, really great. Um, well, because that's not your goal, right? You don't want it to look yes. really, you want it to look authentic. So, and lastly, if I can just kind of tie a little bow around it, is this whole idea of having an actual guide for what you sound like in the tone and, and just how it comes across and, and the intentionality behind why that is. Because then if you can equip other people on your team to know how to best go about creating that voice, replicating it, who knows who's writing all your email templates and your phone scripts. And, and maybe it's even like a, a sales call that someone's making to introduce your company well how do they do that what is the way what is the right way and and what are ways that maybe you don't want because just as as important as it is to know what we want we also have to know what we don't want Mm -hmm. well said yeah absolutely is there anything else you wanted to share with our audience melissa i i came here today with an intention of just talking about the importance of storytelling um it's it's true to my heart and soul and you know, really communicate that you can be a great storyteller online. The medium's different. It comes with its own unique challenges. Um, but but the rewards when you do it well um, can touch millions of people. And that, I think, um, is really something that I was just saying before we started this. It's an exciting moment to be a creative entrepreneur, to be a creative in today's world, um, and to, to bring who you are to the table authentically um, and truthfully online, um, I I think is part of what makes today such an exciting moment and space and time for people. Absolutely. I I always love agreeing with you because I often do. (laughs) But it's just, you're right. Storytelling today is very important because not everyone does it well anymore, which makes it all the easier for those of us who are trying, right, to be honest and truthful. That's the way to be unique and original is just to tell the truth and to tell the right story and and to frame it um, using kind of just your passion for what you do. Because that's really why people will want to do business with you. It's because you love what you do. You want to help them you have a way you can guide them through this and and ultimately they are really the hero of that story absolutely absolutely wow so if someone wants to learn more about you and your company where can they go they can go to www.tbkcreative.com and you know what one of the great examples of storytelling is you could go online and read about the history of tbk we put our entire story on the website Um, So if you wanted to know more about our background, how we got started here and what the company is all about, we have a perfect example of storytelling on our own website for people to go take a look at. I love it. And then you'll get to know what TBK stands for, which is another benefit of going and doing that. So thank you very much, Melissa. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Sound Stories. Did you enjoy this episode? I really hope you did. And if you did, then the next thing you can do is share it with a friend. So what I want you to do is just simply, you know, open your email program, go on your social network, however it is you're gonna do it, and just tell people to go and listen to sound stories. One way you can get there, maybe people wanna see the show notes, is to go to voices.com slash 
podcasts slash sound stories. 